Hi everyone, it's Carrie Beach and welcome to the Traveling Pony Podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, if you guys would make certain to follow and if you have time, even leave something as simple as a review or rating, I would deeply appreciate that. Every time someone listens to the podcast and follows and leaves a rating or review, what happens is things like Apple Podcasts or Spotify start showing it to other people that may be interested, which means that we get a few more viewers. And as I've said before, the more people that listen to The Traveling Pony, the more I can kind of bring in different guests because, (laughs) you know, everyone wants to talk to an audience. So it just looks so much better and makes my life a little bit easier. So on this week's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that occurred I can't believe it's already been like over a month, but I made a blog post about this on thetravelingpony.com, so make certain to check it out. But I wanted to talk about a decision that I had to make recently in regards to putting a horse of mine down. For a while, I kind of sat there and (laughs) grappled with the idea of making a podcast or even a blog post about this because it kind of seemed, I don't really know how to say it, maybe taking a little bit of advantage of the situation, even then I don't really think that's the right word to describe it. But I definitely was a little bit hesitant, especially since, and I'll tell you guys about what I did, the decision that I made was probably one that most people would not make. So it just made me have some hesitation. As I sat back and kind of have had so much time to reflect upon it, I realized that there's probably a lot of other people in my life or people who maybe know me or maybe even don't know me. Maybe you're somebody who just happened to stumble upon this episode that is either going through the similar situation as mine or is probably going to face a situation like this. I think the biggest downside or one of the bigger downsides of having any animal, whether it is a horse, a dog, a cat, even something like a rat, (laughs) like a lizard, is that at some point, ultimately, everything, even if you're human, our life is going to come to an end at some point. And you either have to make a decision upon that or ultimately it happens and, you know, sometimes it's peaceful, sometimes it's not. I had to put down my horse, Bear. I think it was a day or two before my birthday in November, but I want to be very honest. It was not something that randomly happened. It was something that I had decided back when I got him to retire after seeing him for a little bit. So I would say probably in the summertime, I kind of made this decision that I knew I would have to put him down before wintertime. And I want to tell you guys kind of what happened to make me decide upon that. If you don't know, Bear was the horse that quite literally made me into the person and the rider I am today. (laughs) He was sold to me as a packer that could do the long stirrup up to the big eck, and he definitely was not that. He had a lot of behavioral issues. He was extremely good at rearing up, and he was a very spooky horse. For somebody who was used to a pecker that quite literally did automatic lead changes and found the jumps, I had never ridden a horse like that and been put into a position like that. Yeah, I might have ridden a buck every once in a while or a fresh horse, but riding a horse knowing that every single time I was getting on him, I was probably going to be put into a position that I could get hurt or a position that would take away my confidence even. It was a little bit, (laughs) you know, it's a little daunting. Definitely 
I struggled with it a lot for a long time and you know it's something that I had to come to terms with and realize my parents I only I basically only had bear <laughs> it was one of those things like I can't tell you how many times I sat there and wanted to sell him and then they would turn around and it was like okay well if you want to sell him then you need to post him like you need to actually do it and then if we sell him we're not getting another horse <laughs> so I kind of come to terms I was like you know what this is my only horse I'm gonna do the best that I can with the horse that I have even if that horse is not what I was promised and even if he is considered to be too dangerous for other people to ride with me I made it happen against all odds I took or I should say he took me, from doing the long stirrup up to the big equitation. <laughs> did not come without its very scary moments. I mean, I could tell you I'll never forget when somebody told me that I was too dangerous to ride with at one barn because he was so unpredictable, and then, which I understand, I kind of agree. <laughs> and there were definitely many times that I would go into the show ring and literally never make it around the course. Sometimes I wouldn't even get over the first jump the whole weekend. That's just kind of how it went. But I did go from, you know, doing the 12 through 14 equitation to doing the 15 through 17 equitation at the rated. I did the McClay, I did the Pessoa, I qualified for the 101 year. So he basically took me to the goals that I wanted to accomplish. But more importantly, I don't really care about the goals. Like, yeah, saying that I did the McClay and Pessoa is great. Saying that I qualified for the 101 is great too. But those are just things. <laughs> like, they're just classes, honestly. They don't really mean that much to most people. A lot of people can enter a McClay class and barely jump around the course, but they don't have to say that. Like, I did that multiple times. <laughs> I struggled quite a good deal. And, I mean, just being able to be like, hey, I did the McClay. That used to be such a, I don't, I guess maybe like the term for nowadays would be like flex or something. Now I just laugh and I'm like, this is so stupid. I don't think the importance should be put on the fact that I was able to get around the three sickle classes. To me, the importance was the fact that I literally sat on a horse before and did nothing the whole time. And that horse made me have the hardest reality check ever and humbled me every single time I thought that I might be getting a little bit better. He would put my butt in the ground and I'm so thankful for the fact that I did have the opportunity to ride him, even if it really wasn't that fun. I can't tell you how many times I would just be like, this horse is actually going to kill me. And I literally thought he was going to a few times. I mean, I'll never forget when he was bronc bucking and what he learned how to do is he would rear up and he reared up high. I mean, like he striked, he would go backwards. There was quite a few times that I literally had to wrap my arms around his neck and just hold on for dear life and my feet would come out of the stirrups. Like nothing small about this horse. If he was getting you off, you were off. And he was doing that and he figured out how to rear up super high, hit the ground, drop his shoulder, spin, and then he would take off bucking, just bolt. And I had never experienced that before, but that definitely made me <laughs> learn how to ride with a pretty good seat. And I carry a lot of the stuff that I learned from him to my own riding nowadays because without him, I definitely don't think I would have been a strong enough rider to do things like riding the green ponies or even riding some of the horses that I've had the opportunity to ride nowadays. So I brought Bear back to my house in the beginning of this year. I would say about springtime, my intention was to retire him out because I had a spot and basically keep him at my house until 
he needed to be put down. We, I think we're all really excited just about the concept of him being home and seeing him every day. And then, you know, <laughs> my mom loved to go out and see him every day and give him pets. And my dad loved to go out and feed him lots of treats. And he's just, he was such a quirky horse to be around, like on the ground. <laughs> Just because of the fact that he would do some of the craziest things. He had like an internal clock in his brain. I kid you not, when it was dinner time, he would sit with his head outside the stall and just smack his lips for hours. And it was so funny. Like, he was just a super sweet horse on the ground and had such a funny personality. And no matter what he did or what he threw my way, one of the redeeming things about him was he was just an absolute love bug on the ground. I don't really know what happened to him under saddle, but something happened. I've heard stories as time has passed, but you know, who knows? When he came back, I spent a lot of time just trying to get him back to how he was when I knew him before and he got his personality back. He was back to just being like normal bear and I did all types of stuff and just making sure and everything was okay with him. And he was great for a while. He started to really come around. He looked great. He was playing around with everyone in the pasture, just an absolute handful. And then I think it was about a month or two after bringing him home he was doing great but then i started to notice like he would get these random cuts on him and particularly like on his front legs and then his hocks and i started to keep an eye on him i thought that you know in the spring and summer when the bugs are really bad i put these shoe fly boots on so i thought that maybe it could be rubbing him but nobody else had rubs so it didn't really make sense to me so i kept my eyes on it and just tried to pay attention to it and then i started noticing that it was continuing to grow like it started out as a tiny little cut and then you know by the end it was like bigger than a quarter or something i mean it took up a good chunk and he would get them all down his knees and cut up his knees really bad and his hocks and it was just a lot so i started noticing that and i started noticing that he wasn't sleeping it didn't matter if he was inside I tried to do the night turnout thing. I was like, well, maybe he wants to go sleep outside and there's a lot of room. He's not in a small stall, which even then our stalls are oversized. I think they're 14 by 14 and they have a 16 foot run out too. So he had plenty of room and we got our stalls pretty well. So I was just kind of trying a lot of different things. And we ended up taking him off of like Prevacox and then switching him on a gram of butte. And then we ended up switching him to two grams of butte and that did nothing. Basically, we determined that he was narcoleptic and we figured that it was probably due to a pain response somewhere. I wasn't surprised in 2017, I believe, or 2018, when I brought Bear home to retire because he had had a ton of soundness issues through the whole time I owned him, he ended up just one day tearing his suspensory. So I always said that I did not think I would have to put him down due to old age. I would have to put him down just simply because his body couldn't continue. And essentially that is what happened. We determined that he was narcoleptic due to pain and it didn't matter what medication we put him on, it didn't matter how much medication he was on, how prolonged he was on the medication, none of it ever seemed to touch the pain that he was experiencing. After coming to that realization, I definitely started to realize that he probably was not going to make it through the winter, or I should say I could have 
made him in the sense that I could have kept him alive, but I knew that his quality of life was not going to be very good. You know, he struggled a lot in the summertime and just with simple things, like he couldn't walk in a straight line. His back feet would cross. He didn't have great neurological control of certain things. He was not sound at all. <laughs> I would watch him try and lay down in the pasture to like roll. He couldn't flip. And watching him roll was extremely painful. Like it would take him 10 to 15 seconds to lay down and he would shake the whole time. He would lay down, try and roll. And then getting up, there was quite a few times that he would like throw himself forward. Sometimes he would be able to get up on the first time and then other times he would like throw his body forward and then hit the ground just because he couldn't stand up. So I think it's really difficult to watch a horse that you care about and have a history with just in that much pain because I think humans are blessed with an opportunity that we do not have with other humans. I have heard many times people just saying like, I wish that this person didn't have to stay alive and didn't have to be put through a lot of suffering, whether that's with like treatments or like being on life support and everything. I've heard it many times. So I think that one of the blessings we have as owners of animals is we can choose to take that horse or that animal out of suffering instead of prolonging it. And that's what I decided to do. It was not a difficult decision to make, because I wanted to be fair to him and keeping him alive or making him continue to go through life in pain and suffering didn't really seem the way that I wanted to remember him. Like, I've seen a lot of things over the years, some things I wish I hadn't seen, some things that have definitely changed my values, and I think it's important to also sit back and make certain that the act of putting down an animal is definitely hard, but I think that... I would rather know that I put down an animal and it's been a very peaceful situation opposed to it someday being something like a colic or something goes wrong and or I've seen so much I don't really get, want to get into it too much but just like I've seen horses that have been just had to be put down to sleep in stalls and then getting a horse out of a stall is a very not pretty situation like I don't want to remember that so that's why I made the decision to plan on putting him down especially after seeing him during these few cold days we had he wouldn't even walk out of his stall he didn't want to leave he was really he could barely walk I had to help him walk to the pasture and once he got outside he just stood by the gate he didn't really walk so to me that was just a clear sign like he was not going to make it through the winter time and it really wasn't my choice to demand him to especially when he was in so much pain I have said this many times before <laughs> I'm blessed with a very good farrier and so we were talking about my decision and everything and he knew of a clinic that was looking for a horse to do a full horse dissection. I have also always believed that if I can make any form of a good positive thing out of a maybe not great situation, I'll typically try and do that just because it's a sad situation but I think of it almost as like people like how many people out there are organ donors and you know after you pass essentially your body is just a body so that's how I kind of think of it and it presented a great opportunity for other people to be able to learn you know there were like farriers and vets and body workers and to me that just seemed like a great situation to try and make some form of positive i know a lot of people don't agree with that or i've talked to it's been funny talking to many different sides because i've had some people that are like i can't believe you would do that blah blah blah, blah. and then i've also had other people who have come up to me and they're like hey i just want to let you know that i think what you did was great and even i've learned something from it so it's just <laughs> 
it's a little funny how there's so so many different sides to something that people don't i mean it's my choice i i just found that whole situation funny and i will admit that if i ever have to put down a horse again knowingly like not something random and sudden i would definitely do something like this again it will probably become something that i will seek out in the future because i really do think that the more that we can continue to educate other people, the better chance that maybe someone else down the road will have that knowledge to help somebody else out. With Bear always having so many soundness issues when I owned him, and I owned him from like, I think I had him for eight years. So he had a lot of soundness issues. So for me too, it was kind of a way to also get a glimpse into him. I had always thought he had his front feet nerfed because he had absolutely no feeling in his front feet. He could be crippled from an abscess and you could put a hoof testers on him and he had zero reaction. It, I mean, and then with the suspensory and then I couldn't keep him sound for so long. So I also wanted to see what they might find. So I will be 100% honest, watching him leave was difficult, but I know it was the correct decision because this horse has never gotten on a trailer besides my own. Like I tried to get him on my trainer's trailer many years ago and she, she couldn't get him on and he like cracked his tooth because he was acting so bad and he was just a jerk but he came or they came to pick him up in a trailer that he was not used to it was completely different from mine it had like a ramp and it was a straight load mine's a step up two horse slant with like a stock and he walked right on that trailer and i told my mom i was like you know what he knew and i mean it was time the one thing that i wanted to know from this whole thing is I just asked if they could just kind of keep me in the loop if they found anything that might be contributing to his pain and his narcolepsy or maybe any other random things they might find. And my farrier ended up texting me because I guess they did the digestive system first. And he ended up texting me and said, you know, he had these big lymphomas in his small intestine, which I didn't know because, you know, greys are always predisposed to like melanomas or cancerous type stuff, but he'd never shown any signs of that. So he had a lymphoma and everything and there were multiple in his small intestines. And he told me that basically with how the base was on one of them, that if we hadn't had put him down that day, probably pretty soon in the future, he would have had a really bad strangulation colic and would have had to be put down. So for me right away, that kind of I kind of took peace in the decision I made because like I said earlier, my memories of putting him down were not bad. They were definitely much better than if he had colicked and then just going through all that. I've seen horses go through stuff like that. I, It's not what I want to remember. So for me, right away, it was kind of like, okay, I've made the right decision. I would have never known something like this if I hadn't had done this. As they got further in, you know, like I said, they found a few more lipomas in the small intestine and cancer, like all that type of stuff and tumors. And so then they moved to like the feet and they said he had like really severe arthritis in his pasterns. Um, he ended up having a, like a, how to say, like he had like severed a flex, deep digital flexor tendon or something. So there was just so much stuff and there's even more stuff I haven't quite gotten to the point where I wanted to look through all the pictures and everything. I probably will soon. But there was a lot of stuff that they found wrong with him. And they didn't even do his whole body, I think. They didn't go up through some of the parts. And so it just kind of, it definitely made me realize that the decision I made was the correct one. And if anyone out there has to go through something similar to this, making this type of decision, because it is admittedly very difficult, I think that 
above all, we should prioritize the horse over our emotions because prioritizing our emotions is a little bit selfish <laughs> and like trust me there were many times I was like well maybe I don't want to do this maybe maybe I do but I realized that I needed to be selfless and just realized that ultimately me wanting to keep him alive was because I wanted to feel an emotion in myself I didn't want to put myself through a very difficult time in my life and the horse he was in pain he was suffering even if he had his moments where he you know went outside and ran around it didn't it didn't make the moments that i saw him you know not be able to get up in the pasture not be able to walk walk in a stall and he's got blood coming from his legs and his you know head like it it didn't i couldn't keep him alive when i saw that almost every time i went in his stall so that's what i have for you guys for this podcast episode if you ever need somebody to talk to about a decision like this i'm always just one little message away you can find me on most social media like instagram facebook or tiktok if you ever want to talk to me and i would be more than willing if someone wanted to maybe even look at doing something like i did with donating their horse i am more than happy to kind of point you in the right directions because i definitely think it brings a lot of benefit to other people and for myself brought me a lot of closure on a situation that I was kind of iffy on so I definitely do not regret it I know it was the correct decision no matter how hard it was so I want to leave you guys by saying to try and make your day as good as possible and also trying to make somebody else's day just as good and I'll leave you guys with the burning question that everyone has where will the traveling pony be next